Welcome to the Fully Lived Podcast. This is a real and raw, no business podcast that explores the ins and outs of a life fully lived, nomad style. Each week, we'll feature the previous week's adventures on the road in a quick and easy, less than 30 minute listen. No edits, no censoring, just real life on the road 24 7. This is an adventure you're not going to want to miss. Welcome back. So it's mid-January now. I've just had the opportunity to spend some time in San Francisco. And this week we're going to talk about the first half of my trip in San Francisco. I left Chicago on a rather cold Friday afternoon and found myself in San Francisco around the same time. The perks of, you know, time differences. I got to San Francisco and was supposed to check into my Airbnb around 2 or 3 p.m. However, when I landed, I found out I wasn't going to be able to check in until 8 p.m. No worries. I grabbed some Subway, headed on over to the HoneyBook office, and set myself up to co-work, get caught up on emails and all of that good stuff, until it was time for me to check in. Around 8 o'clock, I got a text message from a dear friend of mine, Jana, of Twiggy Posts, and she asked if I wanted to come hang out with them. She just arrived in town for the same, po- the same conference, and her and her husband and a couple of their friends had a great Airbnb not too far from where I was hanging out. I headed on over, we ordered some dinner, I got what I thought was a delicious poached chicken salad. And we talked and talked and talked and talked. I still hadn't heard from my Airbnb host, but around 10.30, I left and headed on over to try and check in. I arrive at the front door of my Airbnb building uh, to find out that there's no buzzer. So I shoot a message over to my Airbnb host and ask him how to get in the building. He says that he'll come down, but it'll be a minute because the elevator's broken. No worries. I hang out waiting, and eventually another guy shows up uh, to enter the building and lets me in. I make my way in the front door, not really sure where I'm going, all I had was a room number, and head to the elevator. The elevator was working. I was confused. I take the elevator up three flights and find myself on the fourth floor, headed towards the front door of my new Airbnb. My Airbnb host is still inside on the phone, speaking some language that I didn't understand, talking to what sounded like his girlfriend. He opens the door, lets me in, and indicates that I could set my suitcase somewhere and that he would talk to me when he was off the phone. Fifteen minutes go by, and he's still on the phone. But by this point, I've looked around and... It's not quite the living, exp- the, the living situation that I expected I was going to be in. Uh, the place was advertised as a studio apartment with the host and one, under, one other individual, myself, sleeping on the top bunk of the bunk bed. Small, 300-square-foot studio, but, you know, I'm just me, so I didn't mind. But what I saw around me as I looked around uh, were a few extra air mattresses on the floor. I was a little confused and looked a little further while he was on the phone and found extra suitcases. Unless this guy lived his life out of suitcases, it seemed like there were way more bags in that room than what he needed. 
He got off the phone and let me know that there were a few other people staying on air mattresses on the floor um, and that this was my space. And I was welcome to take a shower and get ready for bed. I requested a key so that I could get in the next day because, you know, I was here for business but also pleasure and I wasn't sure that our times in the apartment would overlap. He let me know that he didn't have a key to give me and that whenever I needed in the apartment, I could just send him a message. Okay, I, I can handle that. He then also lets me know that unless I'm in the apartment sleeping, I need to find somewhere else to be. Now, your girl is really flexible. A couple extra people in the place, I can handle. No key, I can handle that too. But when you keep adding restrictions and... I'm paying to stay here, paying more than I would like to be paying to stay in this kind of place. I get a little frustrated. So I let him know that I was going to run and grab some groceries and take my suitcase and backpack with me on that errand. I get out of the apartment and I text Jana, and we decide that there's absolutely no way that I can stay in this Airbnb. I head on back over to her place, finally peel off the clothes that I've been wearing for close to 18 hours now, jump in the shower, and then sleep on their couch. I get in touch with Airbnb, and Airbnb is nice enough to refund me for the stay that I was supposed to stay at this um, Airbnb, and I start my hunt for a new place to stay. Airbnb and I go back and forth, and unfortunately, because I was looking for somewhere to stay that night, all of my options were pretty expensive. So, I call the folks over at Kempton Karma, Kempton's my favorite hotel chain, and I find out that I've got a lot of points with them that are about to expire because it's the new year. So I book myself two nights at the Sir Francis Drake and assume that the worst of this trip is over. I head to the conference and arrive, and immediately I'm nauseous. I'm confused as to why I'm nauseous, because we all ordered from the same restaurant the night before, and I've eaten a good breakfast, so I know it can't be that, and I try and make it through the day. I get up, I give my presentation, I chat with the attendees, and all in all have a pretty, pretty good time, but the entire time there's this undercurrent of nausea. I leave the conference and head on over to see the Sherwoods. They were staying in Pismo Beach and made the drive up so that we could hang out for the day since, you know, we're all nomads and all. I'm hanging out with them and they order pizza and Indian food, the best combination. And I'm sitting there eating a couple pieces of pizza and chatting with their daughter and that nausea hits me again. I put it to the back of my mind, just assume that, you know, maybe I grabbed a bad glass of water or something, and enjoy my time with the Sherwoods. Around 8 p.m. that night, I head over to my hotel and get settled, and I immediately fall asleep. Guys, I am wiped. I wake up around 10 p.m., and that nausea hits again, like a brick this time. It's official. I've got food poisoning. The only thing I've eaten that could have been bad, because I didn't eat that Indian food at the Sherwoods, was the poached chicken from the night before. After a night of an upset stomach, I wake up the next morning, and it seems like I feel a lot better. I head to the second day of the conference, and 
you know, the day goes really well. I lead the, my workshops. I participate again with all the attendees. We take headshots. Everyone's having a really good time. And at the end of the day, I help Anastasia, the workshop host, uh, clean up a little and head on my way. And as I'm leaving the workshop space, that nausea hits again. I'm frustrated at this point. You know, like I thought food poisoning was supposed to pass really quickly. I don't know why I'm not feeling so hot. And I just think maybe I haven't eaten enough. So I head over to the hotel restaurant and grab myself a lunch. Still feeling nauseous, I go to bed, wake up the next day, having slept for over 12 hours. Uh, Finally, feeling like things are starting to break. I check out of the hotel and head to the new Airbnb that I'm going to be staying in for the rest of my time in San Francisco. And, well, the first thing that throws me off a little is I get an email from the host. And the Airbnb address was listed as one address. And in in an email, she lets me know that I'll actually be staying at an address about a quarter mile from there. I ask, and she lets me know that, well, the apartment complex doesn't really allow for Airbnb to happen, so we list a different address to get around that. Now, I'm all about making some money, so I really don't let it bother me. I show up, open the door, and I'm a little confused. The listing online says, one person, one bedroom. Okay, cool. Uh, But when I show up, there's five other people there all guys. And immediately I think about my first experience in San Francisco three days prior. Willing to give it a chance, I check in since this space was way bigger. It was a one-bedroom loft, so there were separated living areas, kitchen areas, a little bit more space to hang out. I go to bed the first night. We all climb into our bunks, and no sooner am I on my new top bunk does the ladder disconnect. The other guys are already asleep because I'd stayed up a little later catching up on emails. And so I find myself stranded on the top bunk until someone wakes up the next day and reattaches my ladder. At this point, I'm starting to get a little frustrated, you know. I've had a weird Airbnb experience, some food poisoning, and now I check in. The expectations weren't weren't what they were supposed to be. And now my ladder's disconnected and I'm stuck on the top bunk. Trying to be positive, knowing that I still have 11 more months of this nomad life to live, I just embrace it. You know, the next night I sleep on the couch. Well, I, I've never experienced a couch like the couch I experienced that night. The couch had a wood frame covered in leather. And the wood frame was what you would see under a bed, wooden slats. And each cushion of the couch was fitted with some kind of spring or wire system uh, reminiscent of a mattress. That sounds great to me. I'm thinking I'm going to get a really good night's sleep because of this super fancy couch. Well, what I didn't realize is that the middle section of the couch had no slats. And so, no sooner had I laid down on the couch did the middle cushion fall through the middle section, and I found myself laying on wood from my rib cage to my hip. Okay, fine. A girl can deal. I'm flexible. And I fall asleep, wake up the next day, 
and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, I can't sleep on the top bunk because God forbid the ladder fall over again and I'm stuck up there and I'm late to something. I know I'm not going to get a good night's sleep on this couch. Uh, but I put it out of my mind and had to honeybook for the day to co-work. The week goes by and I find myself getting used to the living situation and I'm really enjoying San Francisco. Co-working at Honeybook, I'm finally over the food poisoning and the weekend comes. 